content warning. Please note that this episode contains depictions of violence and trauma that some may find disturbing. Now back to the show. Welcome to SYM. It's your hosts, Jeremy and Carrie. Today our fourth guest is a breathe work facilitator that specializes in releasing stored trauma in the body. She found breathwork in 2019 to help from trauma she has experienced. After abuse as a child, she found herself trying to survive from multiple domestic violence relationships and even death in 2014 when she was neglected by medical personnel on a military installation. Despite all these obstacles, she helps guide others through releasing stored trauma in the body. She also certifies students through her breathwork teaching training program all over the world. We're excited to introduce Allie Lovegood. Are you struggling or feel lost in your thoughts with no way out? Then join us in taking control of your own mind before something or someone else will. I'm Jeremy, and with my wife and co-host Carrie, this is Surviving Your Mind. Welcome back to SYM. We're here with Allie, and she is now a breathwork facilitator. She also owns an ethically sound and fair trade crystal shop. But before we get into that story, what was your life before and which led you to this path? So I was abused as a child by my biological mother. I will call her that. And uh, it was so much as restricting my food as it was to torturing me through um, needles, like because she was a nurse and taking um, her nursing classes, like during phlebotomy day, I was the guinea pig for that. So there was like a lot of childhood trauma associated with that. And it wasn't just like physical things. It was emotional, spiritual, mental, and even physical at that point. It was other physical stuff too. So then what that did was lead me down the path of as I was getting older to basically find out who I am because I had no self-worth. I had no value. I had nothing. And that led me on a path to choosing partners that were just as abusive as her. And then it got to the point where I met my ex-husband and I've known him since, oh gosh, since we were kids. Like I grew up with a sister. And uh, so we got married and everything else like that. And I just realized one day that he's an abusive piece of shit. And I was like, there's no way that I can do this anymore. Like I'm on the verge of suicide. Like I'm so depressed. I can't tell anybody what's going on about what I'm experiencing in that, that situationship, that relationship. And it was just leading down a path of just like bad things always happening. And I was like, if this is my rock bottom, I've got, there's, there's no other way than up. I'm not going to keep digging because I can't go any farther. So I left him and I was into breath work back then. And uh, shamanic breathing was what I was realistically into. And then after I left him, I did breath work every day for 30 days to help release the trauma in my body, to help get my my mental health to a point of where I can function on a daily basis and have a normal conversation with people. Because for the longest time, I was told to be quiet. I was told to not tell my story. I was told to uh, that if I told anyone about what was going on within my life, that I was going to have all these different repercussions. So I was trained at a young age to not basically speak about what was going on within my life. And then that led into everything that I did within my marriage. And it was awful. So breathwork allowed me to release a lot of that and be where I am today. Wow. 
That's awesome. As a as a child, I had similar things. Your your mom, she was a nurse and she used to use needles on you, you said? Yeah. So during nursing school, she had um, they had to learn phlebotomy. And that was like the, the basic thing. So I think I was around like th- two and a half or three years old at the time when she was in nursing school and it was phlebotomy time. So she took me to school, to her class, and they used me basically all day for that. And then they tried to take me, she tried to take me in for the second day. And I remember locking myself in a closet and barricading the door at that young age. I was like, there's no way that people are getting to me. Still to this day, I am terrified of needles. Oh my God. I'm terrified of needles. And why my, my dad was a cop. He's a retired cop growing up and he used to throw us on the ground and he used to handcuff us when we were kids and he did all the pressure points. Um, I totally yeah. experienced that whole thing. During, during a child, did you, did you have an escape? Did you have a place outside of home that you loved going to, or were you just kind of stuck growing up? I was basically stuck growing up. I mean, I snuck out of the house all the time and would walk to my friend's house, which was a couple blocks down the road, and just so I could go eat. And I know that the food wasn't going to be poisoned. So she would have this thing, it's called Ipecac, and it makes you throw up and it makes you really sick. Well, she knew exactly the right dosages and everything to give just enough to the point to where it would be like completely undetected. So growing up, I was constantly in and out of the hospital and people couldn't figure out why. Wow. Because it was, it was because of her. I am so sorry. That is insane. But I don't, I don't get how they used, you said you were like two years old, three years old. Yeah. And they used you there at the place that she was going to school? That's how yep. it was back then. That's, oh my gosh. This was, this was the early 90s. Yeah. Wow. It was the early 90s. Wow. So, yeah. you said you were doing the breathe work before yep. your ex-husband or you started it while you were with your ex-husband? Um, I actually started it while I was with my ex-husband and I just wanted to do it because I was in so much physical pain. Like I I told you guys before, I had a whole near-death experience that led to me dying. And it was because of medical malpractice that I received care at a military hospital in Las Vegas. And I was in so much immense pain that I couldn't function on a daily basis. And like the switch in my voice that you guys hear going off, that's a medical device implanted in my neck that keeps me alive because of the medical malpractice. So... So there has been six surgeries so far from all the complications that I've had from that neglect. And I'm going to have endless in my future. I'll have endless surgeries in my future trying to fix things of what they screwed up. Wow. wow. I mean, we totally yeah. feel you and understand and the stories we've heard about the military facilities. Um, it's I'm, bad. I'm so sorry. Um, it's very bad. Wow. I watched uh, one of your videos that you posted and you were explaining a little bit about how you coded there on a military installation. Was that, I didn't, I didn't catch all of the video. Was that due to the trauma or was that due to the neglect that happened? The neglect. Okay. So I, I, I was, I went to that ER five different times on base and they, they kept saying, um, the one doctor kept trying to gaslight me and saying that I was pregnant, but you can't get pregnant if you don't have sex in over a year and your husband's deployed overseas. 
Um, you can't like one doctor just said it's gastritis, which is like their go-to thing for that military base. Mm -hmm. And then another one was, um, you're just constipated and dehydrated. Well, no shit. I, I wasn't able to go to the bathroom for 11 days. Yes. I'm constipated. Can something help me? So, um, they gave me two of those like big bottles of go lightly. And I don't know if you guys have had a colonoscopy or endoscopy, but go lightly is awful to drink. I drank two of those within two days and I still was not able to go to the bathroom. Oh my. So then I had all this radiation on top of it because every time I went to the ER, they'd send me off for MRI, CTs, and x-rays. Well, it ended up being like 26 x-rays within a five week period. And by the end of that five weeks, like you couldn't see my iris and my eyes were super blue. Like I was not able to form proper sentences. Uh, My body was shaking uncontrollably because I'm having seizures. And during that time, I never saw a neurologist. I didn't see a gastroenterologist, none of the ologists. And it was, it was a very interesting, like I look back on my medical records and it's like a box full of this just from the military hospital. Wow. And I look back on records and I'm like, man, how bad did they have to screw up to like, I, I don't, I, I cannot fathom the amount of neglect just within those medical records enough. And every new doctor that I see, like my new neurologist that I see down in Macon, Georgia, he's like, how are you alive? And I said, I came back from the dead, <laughs> like jokingly, but like literally also, right? because he's looking at me like, how are you alive? But wow. here I am. Strong will, man. That's a powerful story. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. So did they, did they follow through or when they were done with the medical care, they just left you? Yeah, they just left me. So uh, they couldn't figure out what was going on with me. And that uh, by that time, my bowels were finally starting to move after I don't know how many days I was in the ICU. So they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And instead of making me uh, making sure that I was actually okay, my body functions were fully functioning. What they did is they discharged me, wheeled me out to the outside of the ER in the freezing cold in November in Las Vegas and just sat me outside. Nobody was around me. If my friend Erica did not come to the hospital that night and see me outside the emergency room, I probably would have been frozen dead again. Oh my God. So it was, she went in there irate. Irate. She recorded the entire thing. She, uh, she was yelling at them pretty badly. She's like, what did you guys do to her? And because of hippie regulations are like, oh, we can't tell you you're not her family. That was awful. So then they had to call my abuser, which is my birth mother. And she flew out to Las Vegas to quote unquote, take care of me. And I had to go to another hospital, a civilian hospital. It was interesting for sure. Oh my gosh. I remember I had to go when I got injured in Afghanistan, I was medevac to Germany. And once I was done there, they sent me back to Hawaii and I was at Tripler army medical center and they had this huge needle, like the size of an ice pick that they stuck on the top of my growing down inside my hip socket and they started tapping the bone. Well, I was like, I was like, I feel like, do I need a driver? Do I need to call somebody to take me home? They're like, no, you're fine. This is normal uh, procedure for an MRI. So we get finished with it. I'm driving home. My leg completely locks up and I can't move it. And so they helped me to the parking lot. When they got to the parking lot, I fell out of my car and they all left. I was laying beside my car and I waited for my friend to show up. I had to call somebody to come get me and I was just laying by my car. I couldn't move my whole leg 
or anything. They did that twice. And oh my gosh. I feel your pain with, with medical doctors. It's with the military. They almost did also a colonoscopy on him twice because they thought that that's what the procedure he was supposed to have. So they actually, they actually messed up. I went in for a colonoscopy and they had somebody else's chart that was getting another procedure that we caught. The second time I was going in for the camera scope down in my stomach, but they had me down for a colonoscopy. And I'm like, God, man, like I've had enough things up my butt this year. Like I don't need anything else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we literally just got a primary care that's a civilian. So, and now he's set up with the arthritis clinic to go get checked. He's set up with his own physical therapy because like we don't want them to work on his toes or something when they need to be working. Like we're just tired of it. Yeah, the, the VA healthcare is worse than the active duty. And then you can't healthcare. touch it. Mm-hmm. it it's just touched by the government and they're protected. So it's like, yeah, you can't, I mean, who do you call? <laughs> like really mm-hmm. you can't. I, I can't even, yeah. I mean, I can't even tell you like how deep a cover up will go for military neglect on any level. It doesn't matter if you have been neglected by the military hospital, if you are an SA victim, or if you are a uh, family member who has had traumatic experiences at a military hospital. Like one of our, one of the people that I used to know, I haven't been in contact with her in years. Um, her husband was stationed at NLS too, and they were pregnant. And that day that she delivered, they dropped the baby on the floor and the baby died. And there was no, like, nobody, no military tort court judge, no military tort court attorney would even take the case. And that that's exactly what happened in my case, too. They wouldn't even look at it. They wouldn't even give me the time of day. It's it's awful. I'm dropping a baby. That's like Speedy. Mm-hmm. We have a friend that's, he's still in the active duty Marines. He's in his 20s. He had a stroke while he was on training, and he's paralyzed in a wheelchair. And the active duty base, the Marines that he works for, um, they didn't set up his house. They won't pick him up. He has to drive himself. So he crawls from his house to his car and he moves his pedals by himself. He has to drive himself to PT. He still has to show up to formation. And this shit's ridiculous. This is the treatment that we're getting in active duty and afterwards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah what, uh, what camp is he at? He's at, uh, Kaneohe, the base in Kaneohe in Hawaii. Okay. He didn't. He's, he'll be out completely though soon. The end of March. That so, they gave him some DOD pay. Um, some part of his benefit. Um, yeah. And some. then they didn't even give him a hundred percent for the VA, and he's now struggling trying to find a job, and he's paralyzed from like the waist down. So he's struggling quite bad. He's. I work with him a little bit on the alcohol and sobriety side i did mm-hmm. um but he's been he's been holding off he hasn't been drinking so yeah and we gave him some ideas for work he said he's not getting called back for interviews because of his disability and we're like excuse me like Hawaii's really really bad right now i think he's going yeah. to he is indiana yeah he yeah. is but right now it's just tough like it sucks man let me tell you what, if you are disabled, like I'm disabled, right? I have seizures and they're, this is why I have the medical devices because they're uncontrollable. And with the, with this device, I can tr- control my seizures more than any other medication that's on this planet to speak right now. So like I'm a liability 
to employers. They get it. I get it. Like I can't, there's nothing that I can do to convince them, hey, I have seizures on an uncontrollable basis and there's going to be a time where I'm going to be out for three to five days. So I'm going to need you to work with me. I'm a liability. So that's why I became an entrepreneur. And like I was in luxury retail for years and I was the number one sales associate at my store. So whenever all this happened, I lost my job. I was not compensated by the military. And I'm just like, fuck, like I'm living off my savings at this point. And it wasn't until a couple of years ago where I was like, well, I'm going to become an entrepreneur because at least then I can work at my own pace and I can go as hard as I want to on some days and I can just take it easy on others. And let me tell you what, that was the biggest blessing that I've ever done. Yeah, absolutely. And she's a rock star. Do you want to tell our viewers and some of your viewers, like what all you do, like my mouth dropped? (laughs) Yeah, so I'm a breathwork facilitator, which means that I guide people through activating their breath, consciously controlling their breath. And when you consciously control your breath and you activate it, you can change your entire life. Like I do uh, every day on TikTok, I do lives and it's only for an hour, but I do four different rounds of active breathing. And it's only for seven minutes for each little segment, but you will notice how you feel like kind of meh. And then you join breath work and then seven minutes later, you can feel completely euphoric. You can feel relaxed. Your energy levels can boost. You're going to notice that your anxiety and your stress is down and you're also can like activate your own DMT, dimethyltryptamine within the lungs, and you can have a full psychedelic experience if you want to. So it's so cool just to see people and like hear their reactions and like even doing it myself. I'm just, I, I never had the same experience. I've never had the same one twice. So it's so interesting to me, like what you can achieve just by activating your breath. On top of that, when I got into breath work, there was all these, uh, my, my main focus group is women. That's who wants to heal the most, right? So I have like, I would say 85% of my clientele is women. The other 15 is male. So I was getting questions about what crystals, huh? Maybe we can help change that. We have a lot of male viewers. <laughs> yes. So I was getting questions about what crystals that they could use during different breathwork sessions and like where they can place them all throughout their body. I was like, I got you. So at first it was just like a hobby to be at the beginning. And then second, I just decided, well, I'm giving all these other crystal shops business. And I don't know if those crystals are ethically sourced in fair trade, which means like there's child labor, there's child sex trafficking and things of that nature. I was like, I want my crystals clean. So I found a wholesaler here within the U.S. that owns his own manufacturing sites that makes sure that he knows the miners and everything else of that nature. And then also the land is restored. He pays for the land to be restored. I don't know any other wholesaler in the entire U.S. or even in the world that does stuff like that he does. Chris is amazing. So anyways, I found my wholesaler and I was like, I'm going to open up a crystal shop. I don't know any and everything about crystals, but there are some that I've had since I was like six years old. So um, I started working with him and like really diving deep into like mdat.org and finding into like the mineralogy and like not only the metaphysical properties, but like how chemically they're made up and like how beautiful something could be. It just mesmerized me. So then like um, for my crystals, I program them for specific intentions before they're even shipped. 
like I can immediately connect in someone's energy and be like, okay, this is going to help you with this, this, and this. This is where you're going to place it on your body. This is where you're going to place it in your home whenever you're not doing it. This is when you're going to cleanse it. This is how you do it. And then it just skyrocketed from there. And my first business was microgreens, getting people's nutrition back on course, because majority of the food that we eat is already dead. Like it doesn't matter if it's animals like rotting, rotting flesh. It doesn't matter if it's vegetables. As soon as you cut vegetables, 40% of the nutrients are gone. So I wanted fresh microgreens that, that can be grown on a coconut fiber and people can cut it themselves. So that's another business that I have as well. And it's so cool how it all like comes full circle because nutrition and like your mental health and like creating your own future is all within the same circle. Absolutely. It's very interesting. Yes. I can't wait to pick your brain on nutrition another time. We we won't have enough time to talk to you about everything. So we would love to have That'll you. That'll be another time. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to ask next? Um, oh, so that's that's what was really interesting about your shop is because a lot of people get crystals and then they have to figure out what to do with them. And like, I so I didn't know. Like, I, I was all into crystals this summer because I honestly haven't had like a strong belief system in my life. And I was clinging on to anything and everything to keep me fucking alive. Like that's yeah. at the point I was at this summer. Um, but I never wanted to do the research. I was so lost that I didn't know what to research. And so I would just order stuff. But then I was like, like, I know like this is supposed to be for this, but I didn't know you're supposed to charge it. Like, and you know what I mean? So that's why your business is so fascinating because you literally tell people what to do, how to do it. And then, you know, if they don't, that's up to them. But you have to yeah. charge the crystals. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. Once that ordered my base for me, that crystal block thing, which I will well, have to pick your brain about this whole thing, unless you want to talk about it. So crystals are amazing beings. If you realistically think about it, like, okay, so then you have, you have geology, you have the rocks and the crystals, right? And then you also have the plant kingdom. Then you have the animal kingdom and then you have us right? We consider ourselves at the very high top of the food chain, but we are the most overconsumed species out of all of them. A crystal doesn't need anything but the earth's energy. That's it. Like plants, they need water and sun to survive. Animals need either plants or other animals and water in the sun to survive. Humans need fucking everything. So if you, if you look at it that way, crystals are the most purest beings of the entire in this entire earth and they hold so much energy and they have so much knowledge embedded within them because if you connect to a tree and trees are our ancestors and if you connect to a tree and you're just like man this tree has been here longer than most people have been alive on this earth how cool is that if you shift your mindset and look at things in that nature and on a bigger grander scale the earth has so much to teach us it has so much you're so right. Like learning about actually vibrations now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know anything about vibrations that you could inform us? Yeah. So you are going to hear a lot of quote unquote new age people or spiritualist people. And it cracks me up so much when someone says I'm spiritual. Okay. Well, what is your definition of spiritual? Because every single person that you ask, they're going to give you a different explanation. And one thing is not necessarily the right answer. And you're going to notice it's the same regurgitated, newly packaged information of like what's some form of religion. And it's all the same thing. It just cracks me up. So if people ask, are you spiritual? I'll say no. 
if people ask, are you religious? I say no. And the thing is, like, I can't put myself into a box whenever it could possibly negate any and everything else that possibly could be out there. So it's it's very interesting to me in that nature of um, getting into spiritual spirituality and things like that. But if you ask like a new age person, and it cracks me up every time I see this, they're like, what, what do you think that this is? Well, what? that's not the question realistically that you should be focused on. What's the bigger scale? Exactly. Wow. So an open mind to everything. Exactly. Like I literally figured that out, but yours is on a broader scale. You've been doing this way longer. I can learn so much from you. Like I just realized literally during my nutritional class. So I've been having like a weight loss group and it's not just weight loss. It's for everyone. So it's a weight support group. Um, So I'm going to correct myself. It's, it's support. I have been focusing on trying to gain because I thought that I needed to gain weight because in my mind, I was like, you're too thin due to what my mom has told me growing up now that I'm thinner. Um, I wasn't thin my whole life. I was actually a, a chubby and then I got bigger. <laughs> um, and I just struggled with my weight, like really bad. Um, sorry, have it talking about my mom is difficult. Um, it's okay. So I, I worked really hard to gain weight and it put me in so much pain. Um, I got up to 130 pounds recently and I had to go to the emergency room. I was only at 129 to 130 pounds for about three to four weeks. And it took a huge toll on my body. Um, It was putting so much pressure in my stomach that it caused a pinched nerve to cause so much pain that I actually was shitting myself um, on accident when I would take too large of a step. And so I was really concerned. Um, Then I looked up intermittent fasting and I was fascinated by me not broadening my horizons, like realizing the world has so much to offer. And I'm so open-minded on mental health and I don't give a shit if you're on the spectrum or you have a TBI and you have seizures and you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. Everybody is healing from something and we all have these experiences that are locked in our bodies and I'm like, it, it, everything is like panning out and I'm starting to be drawn to people and people are coming into my life that are serving me now. And it's really weird how all this is like being drawn to me because the more I'm shutting out toxic and not worrying about it and stepping forward, the more I'm having people put me on the right path. So I stopped myself from having a panic attack in my um, chiropractor's office last week due to breathing and I have done breathing before and we actually, I always talk to my guests before we have them on. So she taught me about the breathing before this and I've been doing it this entire time, actually. Um, You will hear her breathing guys. And during this one part of the episode when I got upset and she helped me through that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so this is just really interesting because it is full circle. Like you, you need to have an open mind to everything in any way. Wow. One of them. Is it normal when you start the breathing techniques or the breathing that you want to yawn or you get like sleepy or tired? Oh yeah. So there are so many different benefits to actively controlling your breath. And one of them is 
releasing stress and anxiety, insomnia, you can release a fuck ton of grief, uh, anger, you can boost your own metabolism to the point where you are actually losing weight, which is a whole nother a whole nother topic within itself. It's really cool. You detox the body and you are also able to get yourself so clear and so focused within your mind. So what happens is people on a daily basis, we have around 90,000 thoughts that play in our head from the day before. And with those thoughts, what it does is it creates cycles within us, right? And those cycles can lead to the same thoughts will lead to the same experiences, which leads to the same behavior, and then that leads to the same outcomes. So then the person never truly breaks the cycle. But when you actively consciously control your breath, what happens is you are breaking cycles and new connections in the brain form. Not only are you detoxing the body, you're able to create those new connections and those no new neuro pathways to where you are able to look at your life at a completely different view and go from there. Like there's this breath work that I do, it's called heart coherence, where you can literally create your own reality within the breath because you have to visualize it. And for your body, like I hear so many coaches and this is what drives me crazy about coaching and life coaching and narcissistic abuse coaching and things of that nature is you will hear people say, well, you have to manifest it within your life. You can say things all day long, like that lucky girl syndrome that's been going around all over TikTok for like the past couple of months. You can say things all day long, but if you do not feel it within the body, which creates a new emotion, and then that emotion is going to lead to new behaviors, and that new behavior is going to lead to the new experience. That's how your manifestations are going to work. So the breath work that I have for heart coherence, that's a really good one if you want to co-create your life and be the manifestation of your own reality. Wow, that's yeah. freaking mind-boggling. That's what, like, so, wow, I just had another epiphany. So <laughs> so we've had a mental health group um, for a long time. It's been, like, what, nine months now? Mm-hmm. And Jeremy handed it over because he stepped down and he really took after his podcast like this has been his baby this is what he wants to do um and I didn't know what really I wanted to say to the group but I was going to pass it off to somebody else but honestly I'm just going to post your information (laughs) about breathe work because no hold on hear me out hear me out (laughs) I have been all about journaling and, and trying to do the right steps. Okay. Now hear me out. Like this is, I'm freaking done. Like I am so tired of trying to do everything right when I know everything is in me. And like, again, like God has put people in my path to meet because I I can't explain it. But anyway, the group is going away. Um, and because people, but people need a, a path to go on. And if they can just learn to breathe and do it within themselves and start believing in themselves and quit living that, um, the victim mentality, which they believe that they can't get better and that they're just stuck. Cause I have been there. Um, but breathing was a huge thing for me last week and I'm done. Like I'm just going to pass the information on. And I mean, there comes a point in time, I think in no matter what you do, whether it's mental health or building cars at a certain point, um, 
the car or the person has to be able to function and work by themselves. Right. right? And I've given all and that information out. So yeah, it's, it's like, I it's need to one have thing. one more path and then I'm done guys. Like if you don't take any of these paths and try something, I have nothing else to give and I can't, I, I feel like I'm stuck again. And I, I really need to clip this and, and fly. Like I have so much to give myself and that's where I need to be focusing right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, everybody's eager and excited and want to get better and they ask questions and ask questions and that's fine. We're an open book. We answer mm -hmm. the questions. And I love it. But there comes a point in time when they keep coming back to you and they're like, Oh, that didn't work. That didn't work. That didn't work. It's like, or okay. it's not even saying it's not working. Yeah, or it's they not just like don't this, do it. or no, they just come <laughs> ask the same question in a different form or a different traumatic experience. And, and I'm just like, I, I honestly have given you everything I know. And I, I, I have nothing else to give. I love you. And I'm sorry. Like you got this, like, <laughs> we're going to send some your way. No, we are. It's so, like I hold people accountable to their actions and it's so interesting to me the way that others will create these um like somebody who does not want to give 100% into their healing journey it's so interesting to me the way that they create these stories to re-victimize themselves in a new packaged way and I find that a lot with people who just want to continuously talk or like tell their story or like the ones that can't even talk and tell their story like they don't have I don't have to have somebody come to me and say, okay, tell me your life story. Because what does that do? It re-victimizes them the entire time. It makes them relive their trauma. And that person is stuck in the same cycle. This is one reason why I cannot stand therapy or psychotherapy, even for that matter, because you are forcing someone to relive their trauma and the body doesn't know whether it's healing or whether it's experiencing the trauma or whether it is reliving it. And that is the most dangerous thing that I find within these, this coaching community and like therapy and even psychotherapy is you're forcing someone to relive the trauma and their body can't tell the difference. And when the body is in flight, fright, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, the cortisol levels in your body spike. So you are immediately going back to survivor mode. And you are then trying to figure out your way of like how to maneuver through a PTSD episode. And that's what I find with a lot of people. When they come to do breath work with me in person or uh, virtual via Zoom, they don't have to explain anything. All they have to do is lay down and breathe. And they just have to listen to me guiding them through the entire process. And they heal themselves through that. So that is a whole reason why I got rid of my coaching and helping people like with escape plans and finding resources and things like that is because do they possibly need that at this time? No. Do they possibly need that at like another point in time? Yes. But the thing is getting their mind straight is the number one thing and knowing that they can find all the answers and what they need to do within themselves because you will have people scrolling on TikTok for hours trying to find out an answer or trying to be like, okay, try this tactic. Um, or like you will see the same regurgitated, yes, the same regurgitated information over and over again. And there's no solution. There's no resolution. It's yeah. the same stuff and it keeps people in cycles. So with breath work, you break that. So, so I, I literally have been stuck in my, I, so I don't have just fight, flight or freeze or fawn. I have all of them. I, I, I was the girl that was that broken say or not broken, but broken. At least that was my mindset. Um, and I'm just blown away because I lost my train of thought <laughs> all the time. Um, okay. Hold on. 
dude, deja vu that happened the other day too. Remember? And I said, I'm blown away. Same damn thing. Um, damn. What were you saying before that? I had so many epiphanies during that talk that I needed to touch base on that. I love um, it. Write down the epiphanies that you're having too, yeah. because what that is going to do is like the epiphanies is going to allow you to see it in a completely different view. So whenever I started breathwork in 2019, I was doing shamanic breathwork while I was still with my ex-husband. And whenever you do breathwork, you get into alignment with God, source, the creator, Sophia, uh, the universe, whatever you want to call it, your higher self, even you get into that alignment and you will have more experiences happen to you in a good way. Like you're going to have those deja vu moments to be like, holy crap, I think I dreamed about this, but I'm not really sure. And then it happens again. Right. Mm -hmm. So th that lets you know that you're on the right path. Right. So, okay. So the whole spiritual side, people like, okay, people, us little people who have not died and come back. Okay. And so let me, <laughs> normal, <laughs> like, people. Like normal people, right. Um, so she's died and come back and she just has another experience that we're going to share. I hope at another podcast, cause me and you have lots to talk about. <laughs> um, but she sees things differently than a lot of people do. So normal people say spiritual. And now, now that I've talked to you, I need to be more frank because spiritual could be, they are spiritually in rocks. It's being, they're spiritually in vibrations. It's spiritual, like they go to church and they believe in God. Like, but all of these are one because God is everything is the way I see it. Those are my own personal beliefs, by the way. Um, but people don't see it that way. So your, I guess your horizon is a lot more broadened than some people because you have done a full circle. Yeah. So I just want like your viewers and everybody to be clear, like, you don't just pray like you, you have a different aspect. Do you want to just like touch on that real fast? Because I don't want anybody to assume. And so many of us don't have a clear filter yet of, of the way things work and how the world works and God or Sophia or, you know, whatever, a little horse, like whatever people believe in, it's all one is how I see. Yeah. Uh, something so beautiful about my near-death experience and like I grew up um, Christian like my family was like one of those big Bible thumpers like this is how it is and blah 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 right so they were those those type of people but whenever I was in the church I realized so much manipulation even whenever I was young and I was like literally arguing with one of the teachers the one day because I just saw someone that passed away and he's like, well, you're there. There was that one song about something being in your soul. And he pointed to the bottom of his foot. And I was like, your soul is not there. It's up here. And he just looked at me and he, he threw me out of that Bible study class. And, but he didn't know that I just watched somebody die. And the, the, the last part of their entire body that got cold was their head. So I, at that young age, like I was seeing things at, at that level and it's just like, wow. Like I didn't have any outside influence telling me like that's how people die. That's where things are stored, right? I just found that out on my own because I touched her head and it was the last thing that was cold. So it's so interesting to me the way that uh, the way that society programs us and the way that our parents even program us to believe certain things, which puts us in boxes. So like if I if I tell you like within my own near-death experience. And a lot of people are just like, well, you had a hallucination. Uh, no, I actually died for four minutes. I was done. Like, 
nothing was my soul was not in my body i was in another realm talking to archangel Raphael whenever i first got there and all i felt was an immense amount of love there was no pain there was no suffering i heard a lot of people talk around me and i couldn't make out what they were all saying because it was just like like one of those like in a concert it's like everybody's getting together and it was just so full of love there so whenever i um like do i believe that there is a god or do sophia or the universe or whatever yeah of course there is there's many things that like if i were to negate or just say that something is not real then i basically close off the possibility of what could be and that's like a whole another way of thinking so there's an amazing saying that says that if you if you name me you negate me and that saying essentially says but if you name who I am, like I'm not just Ali, a breathwork facilitator, that's what I do. So if I ask someone, tell me who you are, majority of people tell me what's on their business card. I don't wanna know what I what is on your business card. I wanna know who you are. And a lot of people can't tell me that, which is completely fine. But it's so interesting to me to find the way that their brains think because of what society and their parents have programmed into being. And that's where like, I yearn for those existential conversations with people or like even the quote unquote spiritual conversations with people because it's just like, yes, do we leave this physical body? Yeah, absolutely. I left mine behind for four minutes and then I negotiated to come back because I didn't want to live this shitty life all over again. I didn't want to be tortured again as a child. I didn't want to be abused and almost murdered. Like I didn't want any of that. I wanted to just be where I wanted to be, and Archangel Raphael said, your body is not damaged to the point where you can't return, but you're going to be in a lot of physical pain and have a lot more heartache. And I was like, sign me up, take me back to earth. So when I was placed back in my body, it felt like I was hit by a train, like just one of those like big Mack trucks. And I just like, I was bedridden for two years. I couldn't do anything. It was awful. So now to this day, like whenever, whenever people are like, well, do you pray? Do you do this? Well, yeah. I mean, like, I don't pray to God, like, Hey God, help me out here. Like I just sit with the earth and I just sit and basically it's like, whoever is listening, mm -hmm. like if it's my higher self, my future self, whoever is listening, that is for my highest and greatest good, please help me right now. And it was so amazing at the results that you can find once you get more specific with what you ask for and then ask for the confirmation. So like a lot of people will be like, please uh, let my health be okay. Well, what does okay necessarily mean? Because that's a broad view, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will be like, help me heal my cancer and let me live a healthier life to where I can be my best version of myself and help as many people as I possibly can. Because that's what we are basically here as humans to do is serve others, not ourselves, which is a whole nother, we can do a whole nother podcast within that. So um, if you ask for not only to help heal yourself, but to heal other people and get the confirmation, say like you want to see a red cardinal for the confirmation within like a 48 hour period, ask to see the cardinal within that 48 hours. And if it happens, guess what? Just allow it to come through. There are times where like I'm asking for things for whoever's listening for my highest and greatest good. And I'm just like, you know, let me see this confirmation of this specific number. And there is one number that is only specific to me that will make me ball my eyes out every time I ask for it. And I don't see it all the time, but it's just like certain markers that I've noticed that is just, it resonates with me. And every single time that I've seen that number within like a year, it comes true. 
So it's, it's pretty powerful once you really get into it. Absolutely beautiful. And I'm shaking on the inside and like, yeah. it takes me back. Um, I had a shotgun and I had a 380 handgun and it was pitch black dark. And I had the gun to the side of my head and I closed my eyes and I put my finger on the trigger and this light was so bright that it was blinding me with my eyes closed. And I felt my hand lift away from my head. And at that time I opened my eyes cause I was like, who's moving my hand. I thought maybe the cops had came cause I closed my eyes and there was, there was nothing there. And then the gun fired immediately um, over my head. And I questioned it, God, for like a year and a half, I questioned it. Like, what could it be? It was God. No, it was something else. I have a reason to be here. And I just stopped questioning everything. And I'm just kind of living my life now. And it, it, it feels great. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely an experience that I've never had or never felt before. And it was an amazing feeling. It was almost scary to the point that yeah so i i guess i'll just share my experience so i had a very scary experience the other day with a car almost hitting me in a parking lot because i was laying underneath my vehicle checking my tires and i heard screeching tires and i looked up and a lady was screaming i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and i actually have bruises on and road rash on my back i guess from rolling and i have it on my arm I can send you the picture, but, um, sorry, that was the alley guys. (laughs) Um, and I was calm and I went inside and my daughter was inside and I was perfectly fine. But when I got home, I was having that nervous feeling. Um, like my nervous system was exploding inside of me. Like I was on crack and I could not stand it. And I was like, Jeremy, I think I just almost died. And I think I'm actually like concerned maybe for it or about it. And so I was like, can I have a hug? And he was like, yeah, of course. And so he gave me a hug and it was just crazy. Um, And so what does the human want to do next? They want to talk to their mom or dad because that's who we're connected to. And I thought to myself, if I contact this woman, is she going to get me what I need? And I reasoned and I said, no. And I called my brother who was not raised by my mother and we were talking and he had me (laughs) bless his soul. He had me um, help him pick out water softener pellets um, because I used to be in construction and that's what we have in common. So he was like, okay, let's get your mind off of it. You're not calling mom. Like what happened little one? Like what is going on? So after he got me calmed, um, I told him what happened and he was like, and I was like, I don't, I, I have called everybody that I know that knows about anything that has to do with God and why I'm here and what's going on. Cause I've been saved two times in the last 24 hours. Like what is happening? And he was like, you're chosen. Like you have something inside you carry. Like I talked to you this morning and you helped me more than I can ever explain. And I was like, what does this mean? Like, what, what is this? And he was like, I love you. And I was like, okay. So we got off the phone and I went to go take a shower and I remembered that I needed to pray about it because Christy Shea texted me that morning and I did. And I broke down and I said, whoever is listening, 
I need help. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And the word read slammed in my head. And I said, I understand, but what am I, what am I reading? And it just slammed in my head even stronger. And I just remember screaming for Jeremy to come in and I told him what was happening. And I remember he was not inside the shower at that time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I found out that later on, um, he honestly thought that I tried to commit suicide by cutting myself because that's what he has done in the past. And I guess it just brought him back to his own traumatic experience. Um, So he was scared to open the curtain at that point. I was explaining to him what was happening and I told him that I don't know what's happening now, but I, my, my pain in my back is going away. I can feel it radiating away. It's going down my legs, Jeremy. I don't know what's happening. And he was like, baby, just trust, just trust. And he opened the curtain fully clothed and got inside of the shower with me. And then my legs started moving and I started marching in place and I was like, Oh, I got to go read. I got to go. And I got out of the shower and he's like, what? You're just going to leave me in here fully clothed. And, um, it was the most beautiful experience and he wasn't scared. He didn't run away. He didn't cower. He didn't question what was happening. Um, and we finished the night with my legs still moving until I freaking read. I'm not going to lie. Like it was the coolest thing. But after we were done, I'm not, I kid you not, something exploded in my eyes and I thought someone put an ex- I thought something, ex- I thought the lights exploded above my head and I made Jeremy get out of the bed to go check to make sure the heater didn't explode in the bathroom because we're growing plants in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it exploded. Jeremy thought that my dog like jumped up or something and moved. And now I know what happened and I feel that cool coldness again. And now it's starting to go away. Um, And I've just been at peace, the most peace I've ever had the last two days. And for the first time in my life, I have a foundation and something to go back to. And that's myself to be able to calm myself down and connect to that place again, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's so it's so cool to me how divine intervention realistically works. So like we all come here with a contract of what our soul wants to accomplish during this lifetime, what we want to heal, what we want to learn, and it's all a learning experience. If you think of Earth as like a big school and like you graduate at different levels, like that's basically what it is. That's the best terminology that I can come up with is like a human level brain, right? So if you um if you have it in your soul contract that you get so far off course you can have a whole divine intervention like in my soul contract it is written that i will have a near-death experience at the age of 27 and guess what i had a near-death experience at the age of 27. like this the the soul contract that i did there was no way that they would have been able to know that i had that whole thing go on there's no way that they would have known that i had the entire um, abusive childhood and like certain markers and things of what like what my karmic quote unquote debt is what your um, what your physical being is going to look like it's just so interesting to me like the things that work like that but in our soul contracts we have different quote unquote exit points which means that we can leave this earth if we want to so that could be by like our own selves or like an accident or like you know getting unalived um, by someone else so if you 
veer so much off of your course, divine intervention, like it's basically like how I was shown whenever I died was like your angel that is assigned to a birth. Mine was Archangel Raphael, which makes a lot of sense because I, whenever I close my eyes, I see green all the time. Um, and his, his vibration, his color is green because it's healing, it's loving, it's things of that nature. And every angel has a, a specific vibration and um, color associated with them. Because it's it, when you pass on, it's so cool to see like yourself as the energy and just be so free and not like entrapped within this physical meat suit. It's so interesting and the feeling is amazing. So when, huh? Okay, so apparently, I can't calm myself down and I'm asking if you can help. Yes, okay. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have you breathe in slowly through your nose and inflate your belly out like a balloon. Sit up straight and tall and just put your hand on your belly, just like I am, and then you're gonna exhale. Out the mouth as slow as you can. Inhale through the nose, exhale out the mouth. And I want you to pay attention to the emotion that you're hanging on to right now. And what I would like you to do is inhale it and just focus on that emotion for a second and then exhale and just watch it go outside your mouth. Continue to breathe. If you have tears running down your face, that's okay. It's just the emotions leaving. If you're yawning, that's really good too. And you can even say in your head, all energy that is not my own must leave my body now. And you may yawn really big. That's okay. Just allow it to go. Don't force it out. Just keep your mouth as open as big as you need. Now I'm yawning. <laughs> good. Okay, good. Do this too, Jeremy. It's like it's stuck. I can't even get my stomach to go right. It's in your stomach? Yeah, like I can't get my stomach to breathe correctly. Oh, okay. That is part of that is part of your body wanting to hang on to the trauma. It's part of your ego brain. Uh, and we'll get into that if you want to. So what we're going to be doing, I'm going to speed up the breath. So we activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest state. So go ahead and close your eyes and sit up straight and tall. I'm going to put some music on really quickly, actually. Um, let me know if you can hear this. It's only gonna be for a couple minutes, it's okay. I'm coming. Can you hear this? Yeah. Okay, let me go back. So what we're going to be doing is all I want you to do is just surrender into trust. Right now you are okay. It's just the pain and the trauma that's being trapped right there and it's stored within your emotions. So this, um, the spiritual talk is triggering you to allow that to release, okay? Okay, I just figured it out. I was worried. Oh my gosh, that was so weird. Did you guys see my chest loot like go down and release? Hold on, it's starting to. Good. Um, I didn't know if I wanted that part of my story to come out. And I was wondering how you're so confident on being able to talk about something like that. Because I'm not there yet. But I, that's, that's where I wanted to be. And so, yes, it's starting to do it again. So, yeah, that's what it is. Exactly. Yep. So what we're going to do is we're going to speed up the breath uh, just a little bit, and I'm going to have you sit up straight and tall. Your spine has to be erect, okay? As long as it's comfortable for you, it's not in physical pain. So you're just going to listen to my voice, and I'm going to guide you through the session. And I'm going to breathe with you. So go ahead and sit up straight and tall. Close your eyes. Relax your shoulders, and let's do some breathing. We are going to begin by breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth. 
five more breaths just like this and when i count down exhale completely and let all the air out of your body in three two one exhale relax your tongue your jaw your shoulders and your sphincter and just rest in the breathless state And when you're ready, take a long, slow, deep inhale through the mouth. Inflate your belly out like a balloon and hold your breath at the top of the inhale. Hold here for a moment. Five more breaths, just like this. And when I count down, exhale completely and let all the air out of your body. In three, two, one, exhale and hold. Relax your tongue, your jaw, your shoulders, and your sphincter. And when you're ready, take a long, slow, deep inhale through the mouth and hold your breath at the top of the inhale. Hold here for a moment. Exhale. And let's get back into the breath. Five more breaths, just like this. And when I count down, exhale completely and just rest in the breathless state. In three, two, one, exhale and hold. Relax your tongue, your jaw, your shoulders, and your sphincter, and just rest in the breathless state. Begin to return to your natural breathing patterns and just breathe in a way that feels best for you. How are you feeling? Much better. I could go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. So the, the breath work that we just did, I literally do this every day on uh, TikTok Live. So it's only seven minutes and we do four rounds. So it can take you from feeling like very uh, and like very chaotic to feeling very euphoric and relaxed. It's cool. Gary, how are you feeling? I'm not shaking and my back popped a million times. And yes, I'm feeling much better. Hell that, yes. That breathing exercise doesn't really give you time to think about. No. No. A lot. No. No. And that's one thing that I love about breath work is like, all you have to do is focus on your breath and nothing else. So like, as you notice, like you can have emotions come up and as long as you activate your breath, you are able to release so much. So like I carry us while you take off your jacket because you got hot. So that's part of the releasing process. You can get really hot. You can get really cold. Tingling sensations can happen all throughout the body. You can even salivate so much to where it feels like that you can't swallow enough water or that you may have to spit. Yes. And <laughs> yes, or you can yawn so much to the point where it feels like that your mouth cannot open any longer. Like, I mean, I'm over here choking on my spit. Holy crap. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
So what this does is it activates the parasympathetic nervous system and it turns off your analytical brain. So your parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and digest state. This is where healing takes place. So your body knowing that you just went from like a fight or flight, like emotional situation to now where you feel completely relaxed is a huge instant gratification change. And that's what society is now looking for is that instant gratification. So breath work can provide that immediately. And did you hear that guys? It happens with inside of you. Yeah, it happens with inside of you. Like everything that you need is always going to be inside of you. People don't need to look for external sources. Like, yes, there are thousands of people that buy from a crystal shop all over the world, but like they also activate their breath with that and use it as a tool to amplify the energy. They don't specifically rely on the crystal and be like, okay, you're in my life now, bitch. You better change my life. Like, it's not necessarily like that. Like, is Owie, <laughs> I was yelling at them bitches. Yes, it is right. not like that at all. Oh, I was like, why aren't you working, you piece of shit? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my yes. gosh. Insane. Got my eyes watering over I know, here. I'm buddy. Like, wake up. Come I'm waking on up. Now. I'm, I <laughs> so noticed when. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was saying I noticed when we were sharing our story. <laughs> Hold on. Who's going to go first? Sorry, there's like a delay. So. There is. We have a short delay. I'm sorry. It's okay. So when you activate the breath like that, so many things can happen. Like you can have tears run down your face, but you're not crying. And it's just emotions that the body is hanging on to. Yes. That the emotions that the body is hanging on to, that it just needs to be released. That's all. Aww. That's awesome. You had tears yeah. too? Oh my, yeah, my eyes are watering. Aww. I'm like, I was half asleep. Was, you were? Yeah, I was just breathing. In. So was that a recording or was that you? That was me. Oh, really? I thought it was a recording. Yeah. Holy shit, girl, girl, you professional. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought you. it was me. I opened my eyes a couple of times because I was like, <laughs> I think I'm listening to a recording, but it was her. Are no, you serious? Me. Oh my God, yeah. I didn't open my eyes. I thought I was going to get in trouble. That was the little girl in me. <laughs> No, that's all me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you shitting me? I no, don't believe the, the only thing I played was the recording. So the song that we just listened to, it's called Soul Rising. They're an amazing group. I highly recommending uh recommend anybody who wants to listen to like music that is not going to uh, manipulate you or bring down your vibe. Soul Rising is a really, really good one to listen to. They're a band, they're amazing. Um, but that song is called Chasing Stars. So that song I played it twice because it's only three minutes and thirty-two seconds. So in order for it to be a seven-minute breath work, I play it twice. Mm. That's He's awesome. A little yeah. note here, what it's called. So the breath work that we just did, I actually have it listed for free for everybody who wants to download it. It's my gift to you guys. So all you have to do is just um, fill out the, or you go to mazemystics.com, click breath work, and you will see where it says 100 breaths of joy. That's what that was that we just did was 100 breaths of joy and you can download it and it's yours forever. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely put the link in our description guys for that. So that's, that is so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. That's that's, awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. We just both said backwards. (laughs) You and I are connected. We're always, we we finish each other's sentences all the time, everything else. But what I was going to say is I noticed when we were sharing our stories, you could like, tell that we were struggling a little bit and I noticed that you were breathing for us is that 
normal that you can breathe for other people? So what I'm trying to do is what what I do is like every time that I have a conversation with somebody, I am always in the center of my heart. So what that means is I'm putting my consciousness in the front of my forehead. I'm pushing it back and, and I'm spiraling it down into my heart chakra. So a lot of women will be in their heart chakra, which is really cool. And a lot of men are in their root chakra. So they are naturally born there. Women are naturally born within the hearts. And I've heard someone say before that uh, it is the quote unquote woman's job to hold the man's hand to bring him up to the heart, which I thought was like very poetic. And also like, could that be kind of like fucked up also at the same time? But then I really thought about it and I was like, that makes a lot of sense. So whenever I'm talking to somebody, I operate from my heart. And what I can do with that is I can push the energy of love and understanding and compassion towards other people. And that's all that it is. We definitely felt it. That's yeah. amazing. Is that, is that like the same thing? So if if I'm fixing to have a meltdown or my temper's getting out of control, if she if, if Carrie catches it in time, she comes up to me and she puts her hand on my heart and in a hand on my back and she starts breathing. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I've been doing me. that for you for weeks and yeah. I didn't even know it. I can't do it for myself, Allie. I I haven't learned how. Um, so I've been doing that for like three or four weeks now for him, yeah. but I can't do it to myself. I, I haven't figured out how to calm myself down. So now I have a baseline and what the heck to do with myself. Yeah. I've been I've been doing it to the kids and Jeremy when they get upset. But I didn't realize I could do it for myself because I would get so emotional. I, I, but I, I don't know. Like, I guess I have been breathing better. I don't know. Anyway, is there a, is there a certain place like somebody can place their hands like on their, their stomach, their, their heart or. Yeah. So if, um, whenever someone's going through like an episode or like doing something like that, do you mean, or like whenever I'm pushing the energy to you guys to help, uh, soothe your emotions. Yeah you personally no so what i what i am right now is like i'm imagining this green shield that's around me and anything that anyone is struggling with i can give them a little bit of my love um and i'll push the energy towards that way because i can tell when one of you guys is like struggling a little bit or like the anxiety is a little bit higher because i can tell you're breathing even though i can't see you right now um i just see the bear or is that a is that a monkey in the background so like i can see that in the background right like i don't see your guys' faces because i'm on my phone but anyways so i can tell when people's energy is shifting or like whenever it's like a very highly emotional topic that we are talking about it's like okay i got you i'm right here you are safe everything is okay we are just going to release a little bit of that anxiety like all of my breathwork sessions anytime anyone comes in you will see me breathe like that for other people and i'll push it like because i have so many within a class you will see me push the energy towards that way and it's just like okay we need like an impromptu really quickly before we get to the main breath work so like i'll do certain things like that for certain people and then of course like there's different times of the moon cycle where people are more highly emotional like if you've ever worked in the medical field you know that full moons are a bloody nightmare and if you know um or if you've ever been into a restaurant you know that new moons are the time to party so it's just like one of those things where it's just like people can't quote unquote explain it but it's just it's an energy shift of what's going on so the people that sign up for my full moon that is coming up on uh march 7th like there's already people that have signed up their themselves they sign up their sister and their cousin and then I have another one with her mom and they show up every single session that I have. 
So I can always tell like whenever they're all fighting with one another and I can always tell whenever they're all in harmony. Like it's so interesting to me. That is so cool. Yeah. But I love that they still show up and they go and like, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that for them. Yeah, mm -hmm. You do groups. I do groups. I do individuals. Um, I do it via zoom or I'm in person. Yeah. The in-person classes get completely insane because like there was, there will be some people that want me to touch them and help them through like the breathing process. So I'll put my hand on the top of their head and then right up here by their chest so that they feel okay. And then sometimes like I'll have clients go on to a full scream and it's like a bloody murder scream. And that's all the anger that they're hanging on to in their liver. So something amazing about ancient um, Chinese traditional medicine and even ancient Chinese medicine, it shows us like the Nazis and the meridians all throughout the body shows us that there are different pathways that can get completely blocked by certain experiences within our lives. And then those experiences create emotions and those trap or those emotions can get stored within the body if it's not dealt with within three months. If it's, if it's not dealt with within three months, then it turns into a stored trapped emotion within the body. So like fear will be in the kidneys, anger will be held in the liver, and then you have grief within the lungs. So it doesn't matter what sort of grief it is. It doesn't matter what sort of anger or even fear. It can really take a toll on the body. And I have seen people manifest cancer within their lives, even like severe narcissistic abuse survivors and domestic violence survivors manifest cancer within their lives because they're not releasing the stored trauma in the body. And that's a whole another reason why I got away from coaching is because like, it doesn't matter how many times I was helping a person, like I can still feel and see the stored trauma that they were hanging on to. So it's like, how can I help them on a completely different level that is going to allow them to live their life? And I was like, okay, like, I don't want to do Reiki healing because Reiki healing is only going to be like a bandaid on an actual wound. I want to be like somewhere where I can address the root issue and somebody can release it and get that instant gratification and allow themselves to live their lives. So I got into breathwork clear back in 2019 in September whenever I was still with my ex-husband. And it was just incredible on how like, quickly within those 30 days how I released so much of my own trauma just from the marriage and then I was like fuck it I might as well go all the way back to infancy whenever I was still in the womb because there's trauma that we hang on to whenever our parents are fighting or whatever or there's like any emotions it gets transferred right into the womb so I was like let's go I want to heal as much as possible let's do this so Right. That's what I basically took mine to. So you're going to notice like in the breath work that I teach, like I, I'm just the guide. You guys are doing all the work. So whether you breathe with me or you breathe at your own pace, you like, this is your own healing journey and you get to take it as deep and as far as you want to take it with the breath. Wow. That's freaking mind. I've had like four epiphanies. So I'm going to start writing things down now because I want questions answered. Of course. <laughs> um, so I know there was this huge thing going around about cutting your hair releases trauma. How do you feel about that? That goes back to uh, Native American and even there's some African cultures that are dealt with that. You will even go like if you go into I have a lot of Mexican friends as well. And in Mexican culture, they will say that that can release it. And the way that you have that is it's an entire ceremony and you release like the fear and you have to set the intentions. I cannot express how much intention setting is whether it's your drinking water, eating food, um, going somewhere else. Like every time I get in a vehicle, because I've been in so many car accidents, that have not been my fault. Like I wasn't driving at all. 
like I get in a car and I'm praying to Archangel Michael to protect me in the vehicle while I'm in it. <laughs> and where, wherever I am, I'm calling upon him to help me because I'm uh, like, I just want to be safe. So like, I cannot express how powerful intention setting is. And when you set your intentions to things, you see how your life just begins to go into like a domino effect. And it's almost like, bam, 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 like all these good things start happening. Like good things happen in tenfold. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, another thing. So wasn't the hair thing, isn't there also a hair thing back in like the spiritual Bible that happened when, um, what was his name? Samson, I believe, when he busted the pillars, but they cut his hair and he lost all of his strength and everything else. Like, is that there, kind of similar? Like what I can, they're talking about? I can see it being sort of similar. Um, I mean, like, okay, so like your hair is alive, right? And if you go to a beautician, what we are taught is like at the very root is the only part that's actually alive. The rest of it is already dried and dead. That is what you will see on a cosmetology level. On like a spiritual level, everything within your body, everything that is around you is alive. So if you are able to cut your hair and get rid of like the dead ends of it, right? And start anew, what happens is you start to see yourself in a different way. So it's like one of those, it's very similar to like the effect of setting your intentions, but it's just like new, new cut, new, new haircut, new me, right? So right. you are setting the attention that you are going to be somebody different by cutting your hair. Wow. Okay. I shit you not. Like I have been to three hairdressers and they would not do what I wanted to do. Right. So Jeremy trimmed my hair for me. But the other day I just had this whim and I was like, you know what? This is like really dead. It's splitting. I'm tired of looking at it. I was like, I like, and when I cut it, it was the most wonderful feel. I cried at first, but then it was like this release, but I understand what you mean by intentions. Like I, I wanted to get like, oh my gosh. Yeah. No. Anyway. And you will notice that there are certain things that come into your life at the right time. Like for me, the, for the longest time, like I didn't even know that crystals came into my life so early because I was meant to work with them the entire time. I had no idea. I just thought that they were pretty and I really liked them. I had no idea that it would lead me to having a crystal shop of my own. I had no idea. My dad, my, my biological dad who died when I was a freshman in high school, every time I would see him, um, he would give me a new rock and I don't know where they are. I think my mom, I hope still has them, but I, I don't know like if I'm ever going to get them, but yeah. rocks have always been so cool to me. So I used, I used to collect rocks and crystals when I was a kid, I'd go out and go find them and everywhere we'd go, mm-hmm. we would try to dig some up and find them. I've been That's doing that since I was a kid. I stopped doing it now. I don't have any. When she is hospitalized, Carrie is when you will get them. Uh, like I, the last time I spoke to my stepfather, um, he told me that <laughs> that Jeez. I'm going to kill my mom for what I'm doing, and her heart's not good, I guess, or she's going to like have a heart attack because of me. And I straight was like, basically, I told him like, "You're dead to me." Like I'm so like you don't tell a child that, and. Um, yeah, like that's just severe manipulation and they refuse to take responsibility for their shitty behavior and actions. That's all that it is. Yep. That's exactly it. Like, I, I feel sorry for my stepdad because he, 
has been emotionally abused by her for, oh my gosh, they've been married for over 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And he also chooses to stay in that comfort zone. So when I was coaching clients, I found out that they are very comfortable at being constantly abused by others, even though that they, that they say that they want out, their analytical mind is telling them, no, this is my comfort zone. This is all that I know. I don't want to learn anything new. It's scary if I learn something new. That's was the mindset that I've lived my whole life. I was, I've been afraid to know more. And I actually used to hate reading books, but now I love reading and it, it is amazing. And I didn't start reading until 2022. Um, and I used to be so jealous because my grandma is a huge reader and my, my aunt is a huge reader and my cousins on that side of the family are huge readers, but I didn't get that gene and I was always so jealous, but it's because I had so much, I had really bad and still to this day, really bad ADHD. Um, and I wasn't able to control it enough to sit down and read, but it wasn't that. It was my fear of knowledge because that's all I knew. And she was all I knew. And so now that I'm away from that, I am learning every single day. It's magnificent. Well, <laughs> like well, I before you guys before you guys feared anything new to you. Oh my gosh, anything. And I was I was made to believe that I couldn't do anything. So like anything I wanted to do growing up, like she even took me one time to a college and she talked me out of becoming a dental hygienist because it was going to be too hard of work. I, I wasn't capable of being able to complete it. And I wanted it so bad. Like me and my best friend, we got our boobs done together when I turned 18. Like, <laughs> like she was a dental hygienist. That's what I was going to do. Like I had dreams and ambitions and she fucking crushed them yeah. with a boulder until I got away from her two years ago, I guess. Yeah, it's been two years. This is going to yeah. be emotional for me to say to you, Carrie, but you know what? She cannot take away any of your happiness anymore. No, she can't. And that is something so fucking powerful. Like, she doesn't have that power over you. She never realistically did. It's just we created this fear within our mind to be like, this is all that I've ever been told, and this is who I am. But you know that you are not that. And she can never take away that happiness. I I am so calm. Like, I can't, that, like, I, I can't express. You would think, and I used to, freak out and be so scared of her and I'm not like I even told my therapist today um that I wanted to do a specific thing and she was like well that's abrupt and large like where'd that come from and I was like I have a completely different mindset like I'm not scared anymore of my ex and like my child is there. I I have like, and my ex is actually friends with my mom who was first on my side. And then now they both are like best friends and they use my daughter to manipulate my oldest who is now caught in it. And I'm done. Like they can't hurt me. The more healing that you do, like say that you do do breath work with me or like even somatic exercising, and I'll talk about that in a second. It's very similar to breath work, but it helps gently release stored trauma within the body. So I do that with clients as well. And 
what is so interesting to me is like your mom being how she is and how you explained it to me like how she is and how your ex is she is going to destroy him whenever she's ready what she's doing is making calculated moves to see what she can get away with and what she can't and she a female narcissist or a female uh, abuser will always destroy a male abuser every single day like there's a saying that i used to say and i still say it to this day that if i were locked inside of an elevator and trapped there with a female narcissist or a male one i will choose the male every single day because i know that i cannot be like severely manipulated and possibly die with him as like a female will tell you exactly what they're going to do before they even do it they're going to tell you how they're going to destroy your life before they even do it and that's the scary part if you really if you listen to a female abuser they're going to tell you every great detail of how they're going to hurt you and it's it's a genius game plan if you honestly think about it because you know what's coming with a male you can figure out what's going to go happen because they all have a specific pattern and some of them differentiate between their patterns but their patterns are very small so as long as you can identify those which is very quickly to identify with males more with females is because females are more unpredictable but yeah that she's she's gonna destroy him i can tell you that wow so you have a question i know <laughs> i can well, see his I, wheels turning i mean i don't even know how to ask the question because it's fascinating to learn that female narcissists so are worse I than male narcissists now i'm starting but... to tense again so i'm gonna start breathing heavier um i haven't so i'm just getting to the abuse of my ex um the starvation of love and what happens if there's two abusers that join forces? One will destroy the other. They just uh, they just fighting themselves. Oh, yeah, they can't see each other, but now they love each other. It makes no sense. They oh, they don't to, love each other. I can guarantee you know, that. They used to fight constantly. They've gotten to a spitting war on the ground before. It was the <sighs> most childish thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Neither one of them really remember it. Wow, that's so funny to me. Of course, and then they're going to gaslight everybody into believing that they can't remember it. Of course right. they're going to. Yeah, and in front of the child, yeah. That's fucking hysterical. Um, yeah, it's very interesting the way that females operate. Like, I have this female who has stalked me for the past two years. And I tell you what, she, the P, she can't keep friends more than a week. And um, the way that she operates is like the, the her new best friend will that she clings on to during that time. She'll ask them to get on my TikToks, my Instagrams, all my business pages and be like, okay, what does she send me? Send me this, send me this. And then after a week, they're like, this bitch is crazy. I know who this person is. I'm going to go have a conversation with her because this person's crazy. And that's exactly what happens. Like I've had ex-boyfriends send me letters of what this woman has wrote them. And it's just, it blows my mind. And it's just like, like, I can't put it out there publicly. Like, hey, I'm being stalked by this woman because it's going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I am on here on this podcast, but I, well, she might listen to that. But like, you know, it's just so interesting to me, uh, the fact that like, I know she's stalking me. I feel her fucking energy. And I'm asking Archangel Michael every day to keep her away and i'm also calling upon archangel Raphael to send that woman love because she needs some healing like and i tell you what yeah and wow. healing is one of the like if you want to get any sort of revenge on anybody ask them to be sent love because that is something that they are not willing to face within themselves and healing is the scariest journey it's not hiding your trauma it's not running from your trauma that shit's not scary at all healing is the scariest part mm-hmm 
Gosh, girl, you are so spot on with everything. It is insane. I'm just like, so I haven't, I haven't touched the healing part on my ex. I'm just opening that to calm myself down. But so I have, and it has almost, it actually put me into my fight or flight trauma stage of being stalked. Um, My nephew that moved in that was my adopted brother has a fiance that has been stalking me since they got together and I have the evidence literally from the time she got her notary till the like whatever I I have everything till now till now till today (laughs) um (laughs) and until about two three weeks ago now I guess it was actually for it was September I was obsessed with her being obsessed with me and I wanted it to stop because I was attacked in the military. And when somebody says no, it means no. But what I have come to realize is I can't control people and I just have let it go. Well, then I spoke to my brother and it brought up a lot of trauma and stuff. So I went to look her up and I saw that she talked shit about me not having my child um, and my custody agreement on her page. And so it just made me like very ick filling. I'm just like, you know, why would somebody, and then I, it just hit me and it sunk in. And I was like, I wonder what she's gone through for her to feel this shitty that she has been doing this for so long and I don't even know who all is involved. I, I'm pretty sure my my nephew has to know. Um, he unfortunately had a brain injury, not just an injury, but he had, was born with water on the brain, and he was born very premature. So we, we don't know like his capabilities, but he's also with the same woman that abused me and everybody around her. So he doesn't know his capabilities. Um, I've tried to help him several times and actually my ex took him to this crazy woman who who got pregnant the first time that they met up. So it's actually my ex's fault. He didn't even give the poor boy a condom. He just patted him on his ass and sent him on his way. Oh no. Yeah. So I, I actually had him living with me and I was trying to help him escape her. Um, I moved out when I was 16 I still kept a relationship with her though. And, um, but I was trying to help him see that he was more than, than what she's made him feel to be. And I've always tried to escape and help him um, because I got to escape, but I I guess I really didn't until two years ago. Uh And I didn't know she was abusive and the light bulb went off until she abused Jeremy. And I was like, oh, fuck you. Like you are not abusing him. And girl, I went the fuck off. I was coming home and I remember this. He was on the phone with her and I was like, why is my mom yelling at Jeremy? Like what is happening? She thought I was texting her. Yeah. So I was even gone. She was, she told everybody in my family that Jeremy's talking shit to her and Jeremy's um, being abusive to her. So everybody in my family thinks that he has has been texting her all of this hateful shit. It was me the whole time, me and her just going back and forth. But I wasn't mean. Like, I was just retroactive abuse, like, right back to her. Like, she's mean to me. Like, I'm going to give it back. Like, it was just normal for us. 
but I, I remember walking in and he had her on speakerphone and he tried to commit suicide and his life was saved. And I just remember her saying, you should have caught a bullet that night. And I fucking lost it. I didn't let him react at all. I grabbed the phone and I said, you know what? Fuck you. You don't talk to my husband that way. Like, I'm fucking done, lady. Goodbye. And I hung up the phone. And every interaction since then has been awful. Uh Like, absolutely awful. Yeah. And I've actually made my way back to my aunt who does not speak to her. Which she, all, my my mom's made me to believe that people with an education and who have money and dreams and and inspirations and all these different things are bad because she always spoke so badly about all of them. But all of them are so successful and such beautiful people, and I have a relationship with them, and I also have a relationship with three of my other cousins in other states. No. Um. And I don't speak to any of my aunts and uncles because they are intertwined in their weave of shit that I don't want to be in. Um, my aunt actually tried making me feel bad saying that my uncle told her that, <laughs> that they need to pray for me. And I was like, why does anybody need to pray for me? Like, I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> and then and then proceeded to tell my cousins that she pissed me off. And I'm like, she didn't make me mad. Like... <laughs> She is who she is. And they said, oh, we know. We've grown up with her. And I was like, bless your little hearts. Like, man. Traumatic events for traumatic breathing, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So what is so interesting is like all those events that you guys experienced, every single one of them will be stored within the body. And that is just a way of like our body saying, okay, this is what I feel like. Um, This is what our ego mind, our mind feels like it has to hang on to because that is what other people has pushed upon us that we have to hold ourselves. So a lot of burdens and a lot of the stored emotions that are trapped within the body are actually because of other people. We are hanging on to so many other burdens for others that it's not even our own. And like you and I talked about doing the breathwork voyage together or like you signing up for um, the breathwork that I'm holding on the full moon, you're Mm. going to have such a big emotional release. Like you're just going to be like, okay, like I released a lot of trauma, but I'm experiencing like these really cool things all at the same time. And I just don't know how to feel. And it's just going to be just one of those magical events. And I always tell people, anytime you do any sort of releasing like that, give yourself three days three days of just rest, three days of just eating the food that you want, three days of just taking nice hot baths or like nice showers and just make it all about you. Just for those three days, give yourself that. And like, you will see a huge shift just within one session of doing a breath work like that, of releasing the stored trauma within the body. And what time, what time frame did you say this was? The new moon? It's the full moon. So the full moon on uh, March 7th, yeah. Okay. So, and it, uh, you said eight thirty. Is it Central Standard Time? Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's seven thirty for you guys. Okay. Yeah. I'm about to breathe on the full moon, and I'm about to binge on brownies I can't eat. <laughs> binge on brownies you can't eat. What do you mean? I'm allergic to soy, and there's soy in everything. Yeah, we have to get the allergy-free 
chocolate so I can make brownies for him. Or we have found a couple of brands that make them too. Yeah. Have you guys um, tried raw cacao? Rock the cow? Raw cacao, R-A-W space C-A-C-A-O. So cacao is actually a plant. I have like the actual fruit out in my in my kitchen so it's like a red based fruit and it's like in this huge nut looking shell and then whenever you crack it open there's like this fruit flesh that kind of reminds you of like oh god what is a, a white fruit that's like stringy um i don't even know one that, that would be like americanized but anyways um so it's like this uh sweet fruit that's on the inside of it and then the seed is the cacao which where chocolate comes from and it's it's a little bitter, but it's also very earthy. And it's like, it's one of my favorite things. So like every morning, instead of drinking coffee, I drink cacao. Like I have my my little steamed milk and I put my rock cacao powder or my rock cacao in there and I mix it all up. And it's like, it's better than coffee, I swear. Um, it doesn't leave you jittery or anything else like that. But it's the actual seed that's just made into chocolate. Wow. No, I've never, ever heard that. I've never heard of it. Where Where do you get it at? <laughs> So I will post it on my Instagram today. It's a page that I actually follow and where I buy mine from. I buy like a big block at a time because I drink so much cacao. Um, but I have like what I call a ceremony every morning to where I set the intentions to set for the rest of my day and to make my body healthy again because I've had so much medical neglect and, and bad things going on within my body that I'm still trying to fix to this day. So like I set the intentions for my cup and I drink it into that. It's like you can set the intentions for your water just by saying I love you to the water. And then I love you. Thank you so much for nourishing my body and you're drinking that vibration of love and nourishment. So it's so cool how you can set intentions with that. But I'll send you guys the link for that rock cacao. Um, you can post it here if you want to, or okay. like, um, I'll text it to you guys as well, but it's amazing. It's so cool. Sounds good. I had so many questions with that too, but my light bulbs are going off too fast. <laughs> Gosh, you're so interesting. Wow. Rock You've done so much research. Yeah. What, so what, what even made you look up research on breathing? Like what, how did that even come about? So whenever I was in my marriage, there was no way that I could even articulate the words of what I was experiencing on a daily basis, because what I have been shown in the past, like my parents took me to a therapist whenever I was younger, and that therapist manipulated me to the point where I wanted to commit suicide at 11 years old. That was my first suicide attempt. So I was like, I'm fucking done with therapists. I'm never going to one again. And I've held true on that except for one EMDR therapist, which is a friend of mine, and she's fucking phenomenal. But even with EMDR, it makes you relive your trauma. And I don't like that. Um, I just want to heal. I want that to get out of my body. I want to release the stored emotions and things of that nature. So whenever I was doing shamanic breath work, which is you're consciously controlling your breath for like an hour at a time, I just wanted to get to a point where I wasn't in so much physical pain anymore. And then it got to a point where I was having like all these epiphanies, like, holy shit, I'm being abused. And like, I don't have to tell a whole bunch of people my story, even though I have on TikTok. And you will see like in the very, very beginning of my videos, like in 2020, like when TikTok first quote unquote came big because of the pandemic, right? Everybody was getting on TikTok then. And mm -hmm. we had we had fucking nothing to do. So it was very easy to just get on our phones and create content. So you will even see clear back in the day, like a huge shift within my personality or not within my personality. Well, yeah, it is. But like, you will see how 
I have progressed on each one. Like on the bad days, I documented all the bad days and then I would do shamanic breath work after that and I would feel better. But the reason why I wanted to document it is because like I was one of the first people along with Sam, uh, her Instagram or yeah, her Instagram is um, Mrs. Samantha Ann. So you will see like on there how um, I have shifted my mindset and shifted everything, but I would not have been able to be where I am now if I did not do breath work. So breath work gets you to a point where you don't have to relive your trauma. It gets you to a point where you can actually be super focused and clear-minded. It releases like lethargy, anxiety, depression, CPTSD, grief, all that stuff, right? Like I'll be going to uh, Camp Lejeune on the 17th and teaching Marines how to breathe for their Oscar program to learn about stress management. And it's just so beneficial on so many different levels. And it's an ancient practice that we can access at any time, but just people don't know how to do it. Or like you have those physicians nowadays that are like, okay, go ahead and breathe. Well, that's not going to help somebody that's breathing backwards. Like if you're, if you're breathing backwards, like your diaphragm is all the way up here and it's creating more pressure on your heart. Like when you inhale, your diaphragm moves down. So your heart can pump properly. When you exhale, it moves back up. So whenever you inhale through the belly, your diaphragm moves down. When you exhale, it moves back up. If you breathe with your chest, that can't happen. Oh my gosh, girl, I have another wow. story about the freaking military for you. You're going to die at this. <laughs> oh my gosh, literally, Carrie, what is wrong with you? I have horrible jokes. <laughs> jokes. <laughs> okay, anyway, so, so I go to my military doctor like a couple weeks ago and I'm in nutrition. I know that I don't need to eat Greek yogurt. Jeremy's lactose intolerant. Like it's freaking horrible for you. Like what, what is happening? Right. So I was like, she's like, you need to have uh, probiotics and you need to be eating um, Greek yogurt. And I said, absolutely not. I eat coconut yogurt. And I have, she's like, she stopped me and put her hand on my shoulder and she goes, there's coconut yogurt. And I was like, yes. I was like, Dr. G, if you're going to be a fucking doctor, like do some research. And she started laughing. Yeah. I was just like, don't tell me what to do, ma'am. Like, just get me my neurosurgeon and let's move on with this. Don't tell me how to fucking eat after she just told me she gained 20 pounds. Like, come on, ma'am. See, that's girl, it was hilarious. That is something so funny to me, too, is the people that are not actually living the lifestyle and doing it on a daily basis to heal themselves. And why are they even being hypocrites? You know what I mean? So, oh like, if she's telling you to focus on pro probiotics. People need to focus on prebiotics. If you want probiotics, eat sauerkraut every day. You don't have to eat very much of it. That has more probiotics in it than anything else. What's a prebiotic? A prebiotic is um, more micronutrient dense. Oh. So if you focus on micronutrients, which is the whole reason why I have my Gideon's Hydro Farm, the microgreens business. Mm -hmm. If you focus more on micronutrients, you're going to notice a huge shift within your body. Micros over macros is what I always say, because if you focus on so many macros, those micronutrients are dried up and then people only hit a certain point and then they're done. Or what happens is they get off the macros and then they gain everything back. If you focus on micronutrients, which is um, a dense plant, like micro microgreens is a dense plant that holds over like 40% of the nutrients that your body needs. And it's only within two plants. Two plants. What? It's it's two leaves. Yeah, it's two leaves. It's a it's a baby plant. Microgreens are a baby plant. A um a young plant would be three leaves. And then of course, the adult would be like what we eat on a daily basis, like broccoli, 
uh, radishes, things of that nature, which lose nutrients after you pull them out of the ground or you cut them. <laughs> There's Ow. a girl, I'm telling you what, I'm about to blow you up with food documentaries that you need to watch that you will like, yeah. So I also went to nutrition school and it left me more with questions than I had answers. So then of course I went dive deeping in. Like um, if you go at the very, very beginning of my Instagram, I think it was like 2013 or something like that is whenever I started posting. Um, if you dive deep into my Instagram, you will see posts on there that's about nutrition. You will see posts in there that's about recipes that's going to feed your body the foods that it should be. Like if you are not eating um, beans, nuts, seeds, legumes, fruits, and vegetables, and that's 70% of your diet, you are going to wreak havoc on the body. Everything is going to be out of symbiotic relationship. Wow, that is so awesome. So over the last two years, I've been fighting, trying to figure out how to feed this man, right? So we ended up switching to Hungry Root because... I've had so much on my plate at one time and I put what our needs were. And so we've kind of switched to a more Mediterranean pescatarian type diet or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's literally what we've been eating and we feel so much better. And I mean, mm-hmm. beans, I freaking love beans. I love lentils. I love like all of that stuff. We eat a lot of vegetables, yeah. beans. We even have, what do you think about plant-based? We've we've had a lot of plant-based in our diet. I've been vegan since I was 13. Okay. Yeah, she's... So that's... And I'm 35 now, so that's what, 23, 22 years? Okay. Yeah, that's... So... So cool. Yeah. And, like, I, <clears throat> I've seen people that are, quote-unquote, plant-based or even vegan that are still horrible eaters. I know like when I first got sick, I was that junk food vegan, but I was also working like 16 hour days at a luxury retail company and I needed my body to continue to go. So I was eating all the vegan junk food there possibly was. I was drinking nine venti sized coffee cups a day down at Starbucks. Like as soon as I was coming down the escalator, the lady at Starbucks already knew my order and she was making it for me as I was getting there. I just paid with my little, um, my little app and I was good to go. Like I'd go back upstairs and sell. So it's just one of those things where like, if you are not doing it properly and you are not nourishing your body properly, many things can happen. Like being a junk food vegan, you can't sustain that very long. Right. You, you, you can't do it. Wow. It's just like with a standard American diet, you cannot sustain that for very long. So what I think uh, American society specifically has to realize is we need to get back to our roots to what realistically matters. Like, where does our food come from? How is it manufactured? Like most people get meat at the store and they don't even think about the process of what goes through through killing that chicken Mm. or like what is injected into it, even though it says it's all natural. All natural doesn't mean shit. Right, right. Yeah, you definitely have to check your packages. Like, make sure that it says no antibiotics, no hormones. Like, there's so many different things people aren't checking in America. And they think that they're eating all of this proper stuff, and they're not. Like, I'm, wow. I'm just... well, that's that's the thing with labels, too. It's going to say no antibiotics and or no pro or um, no antibiotics, no hormones, nothing like that. But there is in it. It's just a smaller amount than what is detected per USDA and FDA standards. I'm, uh, I can promise you that 100%. That's, wow. That's yeah. gross. That's good. Yeah. That would be a whole, whole other segment, but. <laughs> whole other segment. Yeah, that's, um, 
I mean, I know it's definitely, we feel better doing it this way. And I mean, there for a while, we weren't eating really a lot of meat. It was a lot of just plant-based stuff. And we found out we loved it. Like, I mean, I think it was just the meatballs were the only thing that you were just like, meh, I don't know about this. No, but that that butternut squash ravioli. Dude, my my kid has no idea that there's no cheese in that. Really? Yeah, she has no clue. And then we've been eating plant-based sausage. And then it was organic marinara that we were having with it. Like, I mean, I don't know how organic it could be. I mean, we get it at natural grocers, but it's, yeah, like it's so good. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) Our, uh, Our brownie batter mix and our peanut butter cookie mix is made from beans black beans and northern Mm -hmm. beans yeah they're so good i just eat it i just plain out the bowl i don't even cook it and make cookies it's good i like it Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow (sighs) so much information and so much amazing information (laughs) i know you have so much it's insane you could probably do like six different podcasts and probably not get everything in Yes. Yeah, yeah, I I have been a guest multiple times on um, like a few people's podcasts, just talking about different things. Right. Wow. Well, we would more than love to have you back. This has been absolutely amazing. Yes, I would love to come back. Is your booking for anybody that's listening, or your viewers, or anybody? Are you open all the time for booking, or? Yeah, so I I have a specific schedule, like if they want to join group classes, which I highly recommend because it's so cool, like you get to meet different people during those uh, group classes, even though like, you don't hear them, you don't see them, you're just you know that you guys are all together and you're just ready to heal, you set your intentions and like it almost amplifies the energy because everybody has their specific intention that they're setting and it's always one intention that we set together. So um just it being amplified by the entire group allows it to go deeper and farther than anything ever before i do do in-person one-on-ones and i also do virtual one-on-ones too so that is just something that they can message me with and i can get them in um now like i do run two other businesses too so i have things scheduled at different days so i do not get burnt out and i think that is something that is so important for a lot of people to who is ever becoming an entrepreneur is make sure you have a schedule of what days you're doing what so you do not get burnt out absolutely um that i mean i i know 100 percent now that i'm done with the whole like life coach thing and trying to help heal because I'm, I'm just over it. Like I know this morning I woke up with the intentions of letting everybody know, but like I'm completely done with all of that. Like I, I have other things I need to do. Like <laughs> I, I can't thank you enough for this interview. Um, the time we have spent together. Um, wow. Like, Thank you so very much um, for everything. Just made it, made a new friend today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I look forward so much to seeing you guys on the full moon because I'm telling you what, like the things that you can experience within a session. Like I've had people not need therapy anymore, and there's amazing studies out there on breath work on people that don't need therapy anymore or don't need to be on their SSRIs anymore. So it's just that instant gratification that people can use. And like, if, if you ever do get to that point, it's just, all you have to do is just activate your own breath. And after a while, like you won't even need me anymore because you can guide yourself through a session. 
That's so. what everybody needs to look forward to, though, is not depending on someone. Yeah. And it's beautiful to finally have, man, I've been nervous to message you and like bother you, but I've could have like had a freaking breakthrough a long time ago. But I guess not. Everything really has worked out in a domino effect. So don't judge it, Carrie. Just keep going. <laughs> Just keep going. There is timing for everything. It really is. Perfect timing for everything. Yeah. Absolutely. We're a beautiful, beautiful soul, and this has been great. <laughs> yeah, and before um, before we wrap it up, was there anything else that you wanted to bring up? I don't believe so, other than just saying to everyone, take your healing journey as deep and as far as you can take it, and be the example that you want and that you're looking for within your life. Like The best thing that you can do is just co-create your own reality, and I don't think that people fully understand how powerful that they really are until they do like techniques like breathwork and somatic exercising and then they see how powerful they are and then they create their best life ever like there's one client of mine she only did like six sessions with me at breathwork and she's living in bali her best life living her best life he always says that you create your own reality and we've never really fully understood how powerful you could be with yourself like wow and it's all about your thoughts yeah Yeah. so i'm gonna have you guys dive deep into dr joe dispenza he's a neuroscientist and one of the most amazing guided meditators that i've ever come across his work in neuroscience and the way that he does meditations it will unlock parts of your brain to allow you to break cycles because 90 percent of the thoughts that we had are the thoughts that we had the days before and the days before that Within the meditations, you'll notice within like a three to five day period how your mind just completely changes. And then you pair that with breath work and somatic exercise. Holy shit, you're a completely different person 30 days later. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I Actually, I have one more question. Um, So I was talking to him the other day that I could feel my brain changing and it's about the neurons that I have and because they're firing different. So is that normal to be able to feel it? Yes. When you break patterns it's a physiological react reaction to what happens within your body. And it is so incredible. Like how you will like days where I feel like an ice pick is in my head. Like I know that that's trauma that is ready to be released. So I will do a breath work for that. And then like, I don't feel it anymore. And then I get catapulted into like having an amazing like month after that. And then like more things will come up and then I just deal with them through the breath or somatic exercising. And then I continue to do that process. So like you will notice huge shifts within your body when you change your thoughts. And it's not about just like saying, Oh, I'm going to change my thought into not thinking that anymore because that's not true. Right. You have to do the work and actually show up 100% and be dedicated to yourself for your healing journey. Like you said, it was, um, you felt the change and like you were putting up these boundaries with other people and you noticed how it was affecting your life and you're not allowing it to affect your life anymore. That's breaking a cycle. Wow. So what happens is new connections happen within the brain and cells that fire together wire together. So you were feeling that going on within the brain. And that's an incredible feeling because it puts you in a different emotional state and those emotions will lead to outcomes and those outcomes are going to lead to different behaviors. Wow. So continue Um, to do that work. That's amazing. Wow. That's so cool to know. Um, I had this question pop in my head earlier, so I just remembered it. So everybody struggles supposedly, but I need to know. So what do your bad days look like? 
uh, my bad days, well, depending on how, like if I'm on my period or not, my periods are very emotional times. Or like if I am going through a cycle of grief, like they're like um, my dog Gideon died in September. So I'm still grieving the loss of him, even though it's been September, it's what now March 1st. So I'm still grieving the loss of him. So like there will be this Justin Bieber song that comes on that's called Ghost and I will just fucking bawl my eyes out. Even though that I have my new dog here, like I'm still grieving the loss of my other dog. So like a bad day will be like, okay, I know that that happened and I can't change anything about it, but I am so grateful for the experiences that I did have with him. And he saved my life twice. He saved me from being murdered and he also saved me from committing suicide. So and it's just one of those things where it's just like the gratitude takes over the the guilt and the fear and like the sadness and i'm able to breathe it out and get into a different state of mind like the breath work that we did anytime that i have anytime that that song comes on and i was like here we go this is spirit god source sophia the creator whatever you know telling me like hey i need to deal with this right now just allow myself to cry it out so then immediately i'll do a hundred breaths of joy like what we did after that and I feel loads better after I cried it out and then do breath work after. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Allie, you're just a bundle yeah. of joy. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Oh, I'm so glad we met. She's just like, thank you. Thank I know. You. I love yeah, it. <laughs> absolutely. And for you guys listening out there, Allie will be featured on the website for the whole month of March. Um, all of her links are posted on there as well. So you can go check out her website, her Instagram, her TikTok. And the hundred breaths of joy that we did on this podcast that she helped us out with, that's actually free on your website, correct? Yep. Yep. Awesome. I'll to you guys. Awesome. That's a start that you guys need for your healing journey. And I recommend you add Allie to that path. Check her out. Check her website out. We appreciate it. And thank you again, Allie. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Awesome. Right. Thank you. Night. Remember, life doesn't have a handbook. When you're made to feel you're living your life wrong, how do we not know they're living their life wrong? We don't. Stop being critical of yourself and just be you.